This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. And welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. TJ, and with me, as always, is Aaron. Hi. <laughs> Sleeping at the microphone over there. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> She's sitting there reading her notes. I'm, like, I'm not even sure she was paying attention that we'd even started. Um, so today we are going to talk about cardiovascular disease, heart health, um, strategies for, you know, having you know heart health and identifying anything that may be going on just kind of kind of be an all-encompassing cardiovascular talk um we're, we're we're doing this show today because we've had lots and lots of of actually patients in the last i don't know a couple of months or so that have had lots of cardiovascular disease it's something that we've just we've seen an uptick in this um recently at least i have Um, in the clinic. And so I'm just, you know, throwing this stuff out there because I'm having the same talks with people over and over and over again. And I just, I think that, you know, there's so many questions and so many things out there um, and, and misconceptions and, and questions and misguided thoughts that surround cardiovascular issues. Can I ask a question before you get started? Sure. Um, so when you say cardiovascular disease, I mean, you're not going to be diagnosed with cardiovascular disease, right? Well, I mean, no, cardiovascular so disease. So what are you talking about? So you're talking about anything that relates to the heart and or blood vessels. So, so like what kinds of things would people be diagnosed with? Well, I mean, they could be diagnosed. I mean, heart disease is a thing. So you're talking about things like hypertension, high cholesterol. Those are your classic conventional medicine diagnoses for heart disease but really in all reality neither of those two things truly have anything to do with the heart so this this is where I when I said common misconceptions most heart problems are actually vascular problems very rarely do you have a problem with the actual heart itself even when someone has coronary artery stenosis and they end up having bypass surgery, the problem is with the blood vessels, the coronary arteries of the heart, not the actual heart tissue. There are very few things that actually affect the heart tissue. And you could have some conduction things, you know, like AFib would be a conduction problem of the heart, uh, actually of the heart. Um, and there's some other conduction problems. There's there's uh, atrioventricular blocks and and various things like that but what most people think of as heart disease when when you say oh i have heart disease the first thing that pops in most people's minds is high cholesterol well cholesterol has absolutely nothing to do with the heart it has to do with your body's ability to manufacture cholesterol and a little bit of cholesterol that you get from the diet so it's actually a liver issue not a heart issue. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because exactly, I mean, what I was thinking was there are tons of people who've been diagnosed with high cholesterol, have been put on a statin and do not consider themselves having cardiovascular disease or heart disease. They don't think they're, I mean, that sounds much more serious than I kind of have a cholesterol issue. I just don't think a lot of people put the two together. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe very true. I mean, I just think the people I know personally who have cholesterol, you know, who have been put on a statin, 
if you said they had cardiovascular disease, I'd be like, well, I don't have cardiovascular disease. Right. I mean, I, I'm just on a mild statin or, you know, I mean, I just don't think that people think of it that way. And I just wanted to make sure that we were broadening what we're talking about so people know that, hey, if you've been told you have cholesterol issues um, or, you know, high blood pressure or, you know, I mean, any of these other things that, you know, right. you were talking about, this show is for you. Right. And that's where I was going next is high blood pressure. And, 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 and high blood pressure, believe it or not, is not regulated by the heart. Um, the heart is just a pump. The, 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 whether or not you have high blood pressure is actually regulated by the renal arteries and the kidneys themselves. This is a, it's a kidney and renal artery issue. Renal arteries are the arteries that go directly into the kidney. That's where blood pressure is actually regulated. It's regulated through a whole feedback system that involves the some enzymes in the lung and 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 various things I'm, that I'm not going to get into on this on this show. But that's actually where hypertension comes from. And you're right, people come in and you know have high blood pressure and they don't think that they have heart disease. And then you have like uh, coronary artery disease, hardening of the arteries, narrowing of the arteries, laying down plaque in arteries. You know, people are people come in with with issues like that too. These are all the types of things that we're talking about when we're referring to cardiovascular disease. It's all encompassing. And believe it or not, stroke is a form of cardiovascular disease. It was actually separated from cardiovascular disease and made its own category several years ago. And you know. Cardiovascular disease, number one cause of death in America. Stroke is the number four cause of death. Um, I think it's four. It's either three or four. Um, off the top of my head, I forget. The top ten, it's all chronic disease. So, But, I mean, I think one of the reason, big reasons, you know, I mean, you said that we've seen a lot more of this in the clinic, but it's so prevalent and so many people don't, you know, consider themselves as having it or they don't think it's very serious. And but even more importantly than that, they don't think there's anything. It, a lot of people think if they get one of these issues, they find out they have it. It's a problem with, you know, their medication wasn't correct. Like if it gets worse, well, they didn't get my meds correct. Like they don't think of it as something that they can change or they can prevent or they have any control over. Right. And like with everything we talk about on this show and everything we do in the clinic, you have 100 percent control over it, which is both, you know, should be like really empowering, empowering but as, also frightening right it's also very scary to a lot of people but we just want to give you the information because i think you know uh, i when we know people i mean i'm trying to think of you know even patients that we've talked about and they're shocked to find out that they have any ability other than changing medications to have any difference to make any impact on this. Not only that, I'll take it a step further. I have people that come in that are shocked that they have heart disease because they literally just went to the doctor and the doctor told them, no, you're fine. You're perfectly healthy. You have no problems whatsoever. And then we run our all of our advanced testing on their cardiovascular system and they're off the rails, ridiculous levels of cardiovascular disease, and they're baffled by it. And then they don't know what to do. Now they've got they've got this this dissonance in their brain. They've got on one side they've got someone telling them that they're perfectly fine. On the other side, we're telling you, well, actually, you are super super inflamed. You're making your cholesterol particles all the wrong size. You're making little bitty teeny tiny cholesterol particles, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. You you have all these inflammatory markers that are sky high and you don't have any omega-3 levels in your body your omega-3s are in the tank and 
they they sit there and they almost look at me like I have three heads. And then we start talking about like really what this means and how easy these things are to fix and what they can do. And they're like, oh, well, then how come my doctor didn't run this? And I'm like, well, your doctor A is either A, not trained, or B, doesn't know what to do with it anyway because there aren't medications to lower these things. You don't just take a medication to lower your high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker. You don't just take a medication to lower your lipoprotein phospholipase A2, which is an indicator of, of atherosclerotic condition. Right, and right? just like we've talked about before, if there's not a medication to fix what they run, they won't run it. Right. There and is uh, no reason for them to run it. They don't know what to do with it if they find it that it's off. Right. And not to mention like things like homocysteine. Homocysteine is sky high. That's super easy to to fix and and lower, but it's really high and it's it's its own independent risk factor, but you lower it with various vitamins. There's not a medication to get that stuff down. And so that's the thing that we want to talk about is is you know identifying whether or not you have it and then figuring out what's actually triggering it because there are lots and lots and lots of different triggers that can be going on in someone's life i mean we all know that if we're out there eating you know fast food you know sucking back sodas and 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 mass quantities of alcohol all the time while not getting enough sleep and you know not exercising at all of course we're going to have heart problems right you're gonna have a lot of problems right yeah. i mean that sets you up for all sorts of health problems not just cardiovascular right and and you know a lot of for a lot of people though the cardiovascular system is the first weak link in the right. chain and that's what gives up first and so you know we we all know the person that hey so and so was perfectly healthy did you hear that they had a heart attack yesterday and there, you look at the at the person that tells you the news you're like well i just saw them and they seemed fine that's because they, heart disease is a slow onset. I mean, we there's research that shows that kids are, are, are showing advanced signs or signs of advanced cardiovascular disease before they turn 10. We've seen it in our clinic. I mean, you know, the lucky few kids that have been brought in and actually had the testing done. Yeah. I mean, so, and it's terrifying. And parents are... You know, usually, I mean, and good for them for bringing their kids in right. and, and trying to get an answer. But then, you know, um, and but there are a lot of times easy lifestyle changes. When I say easy, simple lifestyle changes, not easy, right. that can be made, and that's going to change that child's life. And and that's the thing. There, there are simple things to to change. It's it, you're right. It is not easy when when you're told that your lifestyle has to do a, a basically a hundred and eighty degree flip from where you've been. It, it's daunting for people, well, but and it's, it's doable, and it's it should be empowering to know that you now have the, the tools necessary to improve your health. Right. I mean, yeah, and it, you know, I mean, it takes a certain type of person, right, to say, okay, I'm going to take control over this, because it's a lot easier to get mad at us, trust your conventional medicine doctor who's like, nope, take this pill, you'll fi be fine, I'm not worried about it. Those people show up back in my office when they're Eventually, yeah, yeah, I mean, but like, but it's... You know, it's hard to, to go our route. It's the same thing, you know, I because every time I talk to people about this and about making these sorts of changes, I think back to when I was first diagnosed with celiac and I, you know, cut out gluten 100 percent. Never again. Never again was I going to eat it because that was it was so clear. Like, that's right. what I needed to do. So it's it is hard for me to imagine not, you know, making the diet changes, but it's necessary. Right. So on, on, on today's show, we, we wanna, I want to talk about some of these 
underlying factors or these contributing factors to heart disease that are out there that I don't I think a lot of people even know that they have heart disease they're not really sure where it came from well there's a reason that it's there it didn't just show up for no good reason and hopefully we can shed some light on some things that may be important to investigate because until you figure out and identify and remedy the root cause of any condition you're never going to get it better right so that's what we're going to talk about in today's show we got to take a break but when we come back we're going to start diving into some of these contributing factors to heart disease you're listening to wellness 101 you're listening to wellness 101 brought to you by the institute of natural health for more information visit them online at the institute of naturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123 Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning in today, we're talking about uh, cardiovascular disease, and we're going to start getting into some of the contributing factors um, to cardiovascular disease because I just think that, you know, well, from personal experience, um, clinically we see a lot of people that show up that either have heart disease or don't know that they have it, and then they end up having it. Um, but you know, they're not really sure where it came from. They may not have a family history of it, or maybe they do have a family history of it. And they just, you know, we're not really sure where it is. You know, just we, I feel that a lot of our patients come in and, you know, if they, they're not surprised if they, if they find out that they have heart disease, because then they blow it off and say, well, my mom had heart disease and my dad had heart disease. And my grandparents had heart disease and, you know, or, you know, they all had high cholesterol or they all had high blood pressure. And so they just write it off as, well, I'm going to have it too. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, you, we are not destined to live and have the same conditions that our parents had. We actually have a choice over our own health. We can be empowered to take control of our own health and, you know, fix ourselves and allow ourselves to be the healthiest versions of us possible. We don't, we're not just damned to have the same health problems that our parents had. It's just, it's just not, it's not how things work. And so, I want to talk a little bit now about some of these different contributing factors to cardiovascular disease. And we, we talked a little bit in the first segment about, you know, if you don't eat right and you smoke and you don't exercise, well, you, of course you're setting yourself up for, for heart disease and cardiovascular issues. We're, we're all very aware of that. I really kind of want to touch on some things that are maybe a little lesser known, but are huge players in this. And I'm speaking from a from a perspective of lots of clinical experience, lots of functional medicine training to identify what's going on because we've had a lot of individuals that come in and they're not really sure where to start. They at least want to start with doing, you know, we figure out all their health history. We, we identify, hey, look, these are all the things that we need to, to look at. And they decide that they want to start with a little bit of blood work. And so we run some labs on them and we identify heart disease. And I'm like, okay. And it's raging with you know, no known cause. And so then we are like, that raises little red flags in me saying, uh-oh, what's our actual underlying 
cause of this. And so, you know, obviously you can tell, you know, if someone is, is obese or overweight, you know, that can be a problem. Because um, with, with obesity, we have problems making our cholesterol uh, particles. We, we don't, we make too many. Um, oftentimes we can have issues with diabetes and research is very clear that over half of diabetics actually end up dying from heart disease. Um, and if, if, if they live long enough, most all diabetics die of heart disease when you really dig through the research. And then obesity also causes chronic inflammation. The, the, having an increased size of fat cell, it just sets you up for all of these inflammatory processes that take place in the body. And so working with someone to help get that stuff under control is critical. But another one of the so those are two things that a lot of people understand, grasp. They, we get the concept of, okay, well, if I want my heart disease to get better, I've got to lose weight or I've got to you know, lead a healthier lifestyle or I've got to get my diabetes under control. But other things like environmental toxins are, are out there. And these the environmental toxins are huge when it comes to drivers for cardiovascular disease, no matter what the type of cardiovascular disease, whether it's, you know, inflammation of the vessels, you know, if you're, if you're laying down placking, like it, they're just very difficult on the, on the body. And, and, and by these environmental toxins, I'm talking about things like toxic metals, things like cadmium and which is very prevalent in cigarettes, um, lead, which is abundant everywhere, arsenic, the most common toxic metal on the, on the, in the world. Uh, How do you get arsenic? Uh, well, most people have arsenic because they, they uh, you know, married the wrong person. <laughs> arsenic poisoning. Oh. Uh, but really, actually, arsenic comes, it's really high in rice. Uh, I, I, and I knew rice. I didn't know if there was another yeah, way because we, dis we talk about this all the time with um, people who are wanting to give their babies rice cereal. And we're like, not a good idea. And so I feel like I have that conversation a lot. Yes. Um, but I didn't know if there was another way. That's the most common way. I mean, there's there are other sources. And I've out obviously there. made you watch too many murder <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> so that's on me. It's literally murder mystery marathons <laughs> in our house. Yeah, I missed my calling <laughs> when they're already solved for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always it's always arsenic. Poison. You'd be amazed at how many of these cases are deal with arsenic poisoning it's actually it's just i think that they're so uncommon that they have to make shows about them uh, maybe maybe that's true a lot of shows about it but um anyway uh, rice is the most common it's one of the most commonly consumed foods in the world some people their entire diet is based around rice and rice is just naturally high in arsenic that's what i was going to say even if you get organic rice it's still going to have i mean it'll be better but it's still maybe Right. I mean, yeah, theoretically it will be better, but it's not something that is added to rice. It's just something with the way it's grown, right? That's my understanding. Correct. Um, so the toxic metals, you know, another one, mercury is another another one. Uh, we actually see people with actually uranium. You would think, how in the world do people get uranium? Believe me, believe me, there are people out there with uranium toxicities. Um so these are things that, you know, until you get those metals out of the system, and there are different ways where we won't even, we're not here to get into all the different ways to treat that, but I'm just trying to identify issues and, and why it's beneficial to have a functional medicine practitioner in your corner when it comes to cardiovascular disease. Because in the, in the conventional medicine world, 
they're basically going to give you something to lower your blood pressure or they're going to give you a statin to change, you know, how you make your cholesterols. That's basically it. There's a there's a few other things out there. You know, if you had something like AFib or something like that, they may use something like that. They may use some sort of blood thinner, um, an anticoagulant medication to help you um, if you're if you have a clotting disorder, if you've had a stroke or something like that. But there, there really aren't that many medications in the arsenal that are utilized when it comes to a conventional approach to, to cardiovascular disease. That's why we've got to identify the underlying causes. How come people, you know, get on these on these statin medications and their cholesterol's still high? Well, the statin didn't actually doesn't work for them. Or they drive their cholesterol so low that they start having all these other problems that are associated with low cholesterol. But I digress. Back to the environmental toxins. Um, another one are uh, things like polychlorinated biphenols or bisphenol A. Um, that's BPA. Um, you'll see a lot of like children's toys and like pacifiers and bottles. They'll say on the on the product BPA free. We talked about this before in in toxin talks that we've done, and we've talked about it before in um, and when we're talking about health of healthy kids, like. We, we took BPA out of products for children, but we left it in for adults. I mean, if it's bad for a kid, it's bad for an adult. It, it just makes no sense to me why we're keeping this stuff going. And then other environmental toxins, things like uh, cigarette smoke, which we already know. Air pollution is huge. I don't think people realize how polluted our air is. And when you step outside, it's super polluted. But you think the outside air is polluted studies have actually shown that inside air is more polluted than outside air. Right. I mean, people always, um, you know, when they come to our house, they're kind of surprised that we have air purifiers we everywhere. We have them everywhere. And we're like, well, unfortunately, we know the research. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Our kids have them in their rooms. We've got them in our bedroom. We've got them in, you know, our main living areas. Um, you know, and we have smaller ones, so they're not, you know, I mean, um, but they're there, I mean, because yeah. it's important. And I get asked all the time, I, I'm not afraid to say we use Air Doctor air filters. Um, I, I like them. Um, there are that's other, not sponsored. No, that's <laughs> not sponsored. I'm just telling you, that's what I like. Um, I like them. There are other there are other air filters out there. You don't have to go out and, and buy an Air Doctor by any means. Um, there are others out there that are that are that are quality as well. Um, that's just what we use in our house. I get that question. Well, what do you use? And I just tell people, this is, this is what I use. Um, so that's the environmental toxin. I, it's, it's something that the outside air is obviously harder to control, but the inside air you, you have some, some control over by, you know, running, running these, you know, high quality air filters, spend some money on an air filter. Don't buy a $20 air filter. It's not going to do what you're wanting it to do. You want something that gets rid of viruses. You want something that gets rid of bacteria. You want something that gets all the volatile organic compounds out of the air. You want something that is, that is a high quality to clean the air in your home. I mean, if, if you walk into a home and you smell candles and you have an air filter, your air filter's not working well. Like I use that as an example, um, because you, if the air filter is working well, like we can't, we couldn't burn a candle in our house. You wouldn't be able to smell it. Right. It just, it just wouldn't. Um, so that's that's a big one. Uh, an, another another contributing factor to heart disease that is it's sometimes difficult for people to actually comprehend what is going on with them and why they have the issues, but that is chronic infections. 
we've been taught to believe that if we have an infection, we would know. We would have redness somewhere. We would be swollen. We would hurt. We would have a fever. But that's not actually 100% true. We can have low levels of chronic infections in our body creating all kinds of havoc and problems without really having any outward signs or symptoms of it. These are things that are identified by someone who's actually interpreting lab work to say, well, this doesn't look right. It's, 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 the pattern is similar to that of someone with an infection. We need to figure out what, if, if, if we have one, what we're dealing with. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to go about that. And we've got to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to get into the different types of chronic infections that we're, that I'm referring to that we look for at least first to identify if we have something there because if there's if a chronic infection stays, we're, we're going to have a hard time fixing the issues that we're trying to fix. We just have to get rid of, of that infection. So stick around. We'll be back to talk more about cardiovascular disease and contributing factors. You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Today, if you're just tuning in, we have been talking about cardiovascular disease, and we're we're talking. I'm talking about some of the contributing factors that drive cardiovascular disease. It's the number one killer. Lots of people have it. Um, you know, over over half the population is going to die from cardiovascular disease. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty widespread and rampant. And the thing is, it is completely in your control. You can do a lot of things to benefit yourself to help to prevent cardiovascular disease. So before the break, I was talking, I brought up chronic infections as being a, an underlying cause of, of cardiovascular disease. And just from, from clinical experience, personal experience with this, it's, it's kind of an eye-opening shock to people to find out that there could be some sort of underlying infection that's causing their issues. And so I've, I've got a couple of examples that I want to talk about. Well, one in particular, if I have time, I'll get to the second one. But we had a, a lady in the office and still do. I mean, she's a, she's a great patient. We see her on a semi-regular basis. And so we, we had our first consultation. We talked about all these different things that were going on. And she knew that she had had, she had some cardiovascular stuff going on. And, and through, through her history, you know, we talked about the fact that I'm, I'm not so certain. She'd had some dental work done. I'm like, I'm not so certain that we're, that we're not dealing with some sort of, of hidden infection in your mouth. And she, for lack of a better term, didn't really believe me. Uh, she kind of thought that I was just, you know, pulling her leg a little bit. And so we started working with her and we saw some improvements. And 
then we kind of plateaued. And it had, it had been a while, considerable amount of time, six, nine months, something like that, not quite a year. And I said, you know, I made the, I made the comment. I said, well, ha- have you gone to see this dentist that I referred you to? And her answer was no. And I said, well, I, this is just, we're getting weird results. We've got, we're, we're kind of all over the place. That I think that you have something going on. And so she finally relented. She went and she came back, I don't know, a few days later. And she was very quick to tell me as I walked through the, through the clinic, she was like, Hey doc, I, I, I went to see the, the dentist and turns out he found a pretty significant amount of infection in my, in my upper jaw. And I was like, Oh really? I was like, so what are we going to do? He's like, well, his suggestion was to go in and clean it out and, and see what's going on. And so that's what she did. And she had that procedure done, came back in the office again, and immediately she felt better. Like she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. I have all these different things. I was like, well, that's, that's pretty amazing. We're going to give it a couple of months, and then we're going to recheck some, some blood work because I want to give you the opportunity to actually heal and repair what you have going on. And she was super excited. And, you know, then I got the, the common thing that happens to me all the time. Why didn't you tell me how important this was? Why didn't you make me go? Why didn't you? I'm like, look, you're in control of your own health. My job here is to educate you. I told you, and I asked you repeatedly, have you gone? I think you should go. It's going to be important for you, et cetera, et cetera. And like, then she's like, I, d- I just didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. I'm like, well, I, I get that you didn't understand, but there's only so much explaining that I can do on why I feel that it's important that I think this hidden infection is hindering your ability to heal. And so two months pass, we check her, check her labs and her cardiovascular issues that she was dealing with were all but gone. She had like one thing that wasn't quite back into optimal range and she she could not believe it. And the thing is, like cardiovascular numbers, the, the labs that you're checking, you don't feel your body making more cholesterol. You don't feel your blood pressure going up generally. You don't feel the inflammation that's going on. There aren't really any signs or symptoms that you notice. We see these things on blood work. You know, we catch little weird things that go along with this, like an inability to sleep or, you know, feeling sluggish. There's, there's various, various symptoms that are really nondescript and nonspecific for heart disease that we identify. And, and that's, what, that's what I'm focusing on, right? But the labs don't lie. The labs told us that we identified one of the major contributing factors to her cardiovascular issues. Now, I'm not saying we didn't see improvement before. We did, but we saw marginal improvement. We're talking complete resolution of major issues, inflammatory markers that were sky high that went to, to optimal levels, cholesterol particle sizes that were completely being, the cholesterol was completely being manufactured improperly, normalizes. High levels of cholesterol normalizing. So it's, it's possible that things like hidden infections can happen. And I'm just talking about a a hidden infection in her jaw. There are other things like there are other fungal infections, other, you know, chronic viral infections that can 
can have a contributing factor to cardiovascular disease. Things like Lyme disease, while it's not super prevalent, it still exists, and people have it, and it it does drive. And a lot of them don't know they have it. Yeah, a and lot a lot of, of them don't know that they were bit by a tick, or you know, right. I mean, it's more prevalent than I think people realize. Yeah, it's 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 much more prevalent, and you know, the the testing is not the greatest. There are some great tests out there, but it's relatively expensive um, to identify whether or not you're dealing with these issues. But the thing is, just knowing that it's a possibility that it's out there, that's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. And when you can identify, uh-oh, we have an infection and it's actually contributing to these issues, we can actually start modulating your immune system and give your immune system the things it needs to helpful, help it help your body fight the battle that needs to be fought so that your body can then turn around and fix other issues, right? We're robbing Peter to pay Paul. The, the body is very, very good at it. And most times we don't really have outward signs or symptoms that this stuff is going on, especially with cardiovascular disease. Like I said, people don't feel that they're they're making too much cholesterol. There's no sign or symptom for that. That's just something that you have to actually test. Right. And so it's, it's hard copy data. It's something that we can actually put our finger on and say, this is happening. And these are the things that we can do to lower that or fix that. Or this is the root cause of that. We need to address this issue here. That's what we're talking about. That's a functional medicine approach to helping someone with cardiovascular disease. I could have given this woman with the cardio with the with the with this hidden infection. We could have given her all the statins on the in the world wasn't going to fix her issue. We could have given her every anti-inflammatory we knew wasn't going to fix her because the issue was not that. If we were going to fix it, we would have medically, with medications, we'd have had to hit her with all kinds of antibiotics that may or may not have worked, probably would have destroyed her gut and caused more other other uh, complicating factors that would have led to cardiovascular disease too because gut health is a is a contributing factor to cardiovascular disease there's more and more research now coming out showing that the 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 health of our gut determines the health of our body and that includes our cardiovascular system we're just we're learning so much more about what is important that you know it's about fixing the whole person Right? We don't identify an issue and say, oh, this is your one problem, and this is the one thing you have to do to fix it. No. If you have one problem, I promise you, you have a bunch of other problems that are around with it, and we got to fix the entire person all at once. We can't, it's, you, can't be, you can't be picking and choosing, oh, we're just going to fix this, and we're just going to fix that. We're just going to do this, we're just going to do that. We've got to make the whole person complete. Right? If you've got four flat tires, fixing one isn't going to get you anywhere same principle here. We've got to fix everything. If six of your eight cylinders are broken, fixing one of them isn't going to get you down the road, right? We've got to pay attention to what we're actually doing. We have to take this, this whole body approach is so important to overall health and wellness, right? So that's, that's my, that's my take on chronic infections. A lot of people have them. They don't realize they have them, especially viruses. So many of us have had things like Epstein-Barr virus that causes mono or cytomegalovirus, which also causes mono. We have other herpes families, viruses like cold sores. These things all matter. Right. But I mean, it's, you're not going to know unless you test for them. I right. mean, and that's the important part about this is that you, um, if you haven't had the test ran, you don't know a lot of times if you have them. Right. And with the with the dental infection with this, like, I, 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 I'm sorry, regular dentists out there, but 
most regular dentists don't actually have the equipment necessary to find these hidden infections right. that are that are in the mouth. We refer people to biologic dentists. They're they're more trained on finding and identifying and fixing these chronic hidden infections. Right. That's a really good point. So just because your dentist has said you're okay does not mean that you don't have a hidden dental infection. Right. Because it can still be there. So and I, I was, I just literally had a patient in the office on Thursday and we were talking about her dental history and I asked her if she had any root canals and she said yes. And she goes, you know what? This is when it happened. Her root canal happened six months prior to all of the serious stuff that she was dealing with. And this was four or five years prior, right? So we've been dealing with some heavy, heavy issues. And she said, you know what? I've thought this root canal has been a problem because it's sore all the time. And my dentist just keeps telling me it's fine, that there's no way that it, there could be pain because the nerve has been cut. I was like, yeah, but the nerve isn't cut to the gum tissue. The nerve isn't cut to, you know, other issues around the, around the tooth. And if you've got an infection in there, of course it can be a problem. So needless to say, she's going to pay a visit to a biologic dentist here in town and have that identified. And my guess is we're going to find out that there's actually a hidden infection in there. They're going to go in, they're going to fix it. And we're going to see some drastic improvements in her overall health. That's my take. That's what I think will happen. Could I be wrong? Sure. Is it likely that what we've, you know, that we've got that we've got her at least on the right path for that? Yes. All right. We got to take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about contributing factors to cardiovascular disease. You're listening to Wellness 101. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning in today on Wellness 101, we're talking about uh, contributing factors to cardiovascular disease, um, you know, things that aren't just high cholesterol and high blood pressure um, that are, you know, what we, what most people conventionally, um, traditionally think of when, when we're dealing with conventional medicine. In functional medicine, we look at, we look deeper. There are a lot more causes to um, someone having some sort of cardiovascular disease. And so, so far we've talked about things like obesity. We talked about lifestyle. We talked about environmental toxins. We talked about uh, chronic infections. There, there are other topics um, on this, and we, we probably won't get to them all. Um, we may do this do do another another show on contributing factors to heart disease in the future. But one of the ones I want to talk about now is is nutritional deficiencies. Nutritional deficiencies are huge when it comes to cardiovascular health. It, we have to have enough nutrients in our body. We, we have to have the raw materials in our system so that we can be the healthiest version of us possible. And there's no way that we can do that on, you know, eating a conventional standard American diet. It's, it's high calorie, low nutrient dense food. We've got to get better foods in our in our diet. We've got to be eating organic. We've got to be eating all the wild-caught, grass-fed, free-range, cage-free, etc., etc. Um, food. 
Like that's that's where it's at. And more than likely, we're going to have to supplement. There's we just it's very difficult to get all of the nutrients that you need from your diet because even if you get it in your diet, you have to rely on your gut to actually digest and absorb it. Because again. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We don't get credit for what we eat, consume. We only get credit for what we absorb. We are only what we absorb, not just what we eat. So some of the nutritional deficiencies that are important are things like vitamin D. We have to have adequate levels of vitamin D. Magnesium is another one that's extremely important for heart health. B vitamins are so important for cardiovascular health. Another one that's it's a, it's a little... Uh, a little less known, I think. Um, it goes with vitamin D is vitamin K. Uh, vitamin K2, um, there are a lot of supplements out there now that are that are touting vitamin D3, vitamin K2. That vitamin K2 is extremely important because vitamin K tells our body what to do with calcium. It tells our body to either put calcium in our arteries, creating atherosclerosis. When we don't have enough vitamin K, that's where it goes. Or if we have adequate levels of vitamin K, it tells the vitamin K tells our body to, to, to deposit that calcium in our bones, which is where it's supposed to go and it's what's supposed to happen. Um, you know, vitamin C is extremely critical for cardiovascular health, especially the health of the inside, the, the intimal layer of our, of our blood vessels, extremely important for the health of that. We, you know, every single person that we see we, we talk about vitamin C and how important vitamin C is for health. You know, humans, we're one of a handful of mammals on the planet that can't manufacture our own vitamin C. And so we have to be able to get this stuff um, into our diet. And I'm sorry, but the recommended daily allowance of 100 milligrams is just, it, it's infinitesimally too small. Um, we need a lot more vitamin C than that. We've got to be able to get this stuff in our diet. Um, and that's a that's a huge one, but so that that's just some of the nutritional deficiencies. You know, depending on what you have what you have going on, you know, you could have inflammatory markers that suggest that you need other nutrients. You could have you know all different kinds of things. We don't know what's going on with a person unless we actually test and figure out to to identify where your deficiencies are. But it's extremely important to know. Um, so. There's, there's that. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of making sure that we have plenty of, of nutrients in our body. Another one, another contributing factor to cardiovascular disease is actually psychological issues. Things like depression and anxiety, lack of fun, um, they, they all contribute to having heart disease. I mean, if, if you're depressed or anxious, it, it just makes common sense that you're going to have heart disease. Yeah, it, well, okay, I don't know where you're going. No, what do go you mean ahead. by that? No, no I mean, sorry. just like anything, we think of the brain as being completely separate from the rest of our body. Yep. But, I mean, if we are experiencing, um, you know, emotional, psychological symptoms, your body is feeling that. Yep. I mean, it it is all connected, and they can't it can't help but affect the rest of your body. So we just, it's extremely important to get it under control, not just for your mental health, but for your physical health. And to improve that mental health, you have to fix the body first. Right. That's a really good point. You can't, you, you, you can't leave the body alone and expect to, to, to be able to fix the mental issues. I can't tell you how many people, this is again, this is off topic. This is, this is going over into, into, into mental uh, health 
conditions and issues, but I can't tell you how many people come to our clinic with depression and anxiety on who knows how many antidepressants, how many anti-anxiety medications. They've tried them all. None of them have worked. And then we start fixing their body, fixing their physiology of their body, fixing their nutritional status. And all of a sudden they're like, holy cow, I feel so good. I, I, I don't feel like I'm depressed anymore. Right. We hear it constantly. And most people have at least have seen a tiny bit of improvement. So that's that's what ge- keeps them staying on it. Right. Is And they're terrified to go off of it, right? right. Well, because they're well, told that's the only possible thing well, that could help. Not only that, but there are massive side effects to going off oh. to a lot of these antipsychotic yeah. medications. There are also massive side effects to being on them. So, I mean. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're, they're not necessarily a great thing. And they're, they're a very highly prescribed class of medication, right. which is petrifying. Yeah. That just tells me that when, when we're, when we're, prescribing that this needs to be a topic of a show yeah when we're prescribing that level of those medications tells me how nutritionally deficient our bodies actually are how sick the the united states american population really truly is so i digress um but another psychological thing is like work stress and financial stress i refer to these things as the gotta's gotta do this gotta do that gotta get up gotta get the kids fed gotta get them off to school or gotta get them homeschooled or gotta do you know gotta take them to their activities gotta get them home gotta get them bathed gotta get them fed gotta get them back to bed and like we talk about that that stress all the things we've got to do but we don't talk about the stress of not having enough nutrition, not having enough vitamin D, not having enough vitamin C, not having enough calcium in our diet. Like we don't talk about those stresses, right? And those stresses, those physiologic stresses, if you can eliminate that, you actually increase the amount of gotta things that you can do in a day. You can do more things. You can accomplish more tasks, right? So those are just things that I think are, are really important. Um, you know, there are other contributing factors. Uh, you know, sleep is another one. We just didn't really have time for that today um, to go into why, why sleep is extremely important. But that's how, we, that's how we heal and repair. That's, you know, rest is so important for, you know, our, our overall health. But I, I hope with, with today's talk that we kind of shed some light on, you know, conventional medical thought with regard to cardiovascular disease is, you know, oh, it's high blood pressure or it's high cholesterol and, and really that's it and that's what they treat you with. When in fact, you could have heart disease stemming from a whole different pile of things like, you know, obesity and environmental toxins and chronic infections and, you know, nutritional deficiencies and psychological issues. There are just so many more things out there to, you know, to, to keep in mind. So that's all the time that we have for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want to find out more information from us, our website, inhstl.com, uh, our social media stuff, at inhstl, call us, 314-293-8123, or shoot us an email at info at inhstl.com. Uh, for Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.